0: Alameda Historical Advisory Board for uh, May, May sixth, two 2021. So we'll have a roll call first. Thank you.
1: Good evening. Uh, I will take the roll call. Board members, Jones. Present. Blau. Sanchez.
2: Present.
0: Saxby. Here. And Witt. Here. And we have a quorum. Excellent. Well, thank you all for being here tonight. Um, the next item on the agenda is review of the minutes from our March fourth, 2021 uh, meeting. I hope you've all had a chance to read them. And uh, does anyone have any comments? I thought they were they're very thorough meeting minutes again. So thank you for that. Whoever wrote them.
2: <clears throat> Thomas, I did have one slight correction. Okay. Um, On page five, um, it's about uh, two thirds of the way down the page says board member Sanchez wanted to know if the staff would request and file an application with HAB for delisting and I believe what my comment was could the so instead of would it should be could request and file an application with HAB. Aside from that. That
0: that that was it? That was it, thank you. Mm -hmm. Any other comments? Okay, um, with that then I think we uh, should move ahead with an approval of these minutes. Somebody wanna uh, make a motion? I'll move to approve. Second. Alvin makes a second. Okay, all in favor? Aye. Aye. So that's a unanimous vote for approval. Um, so the meeting minutes from March fourth have been approved. Uh, moving on to the next item, which is agenda changes and discussions. Uh, does anyone have uh, a change or discussion on the agenda? No agenda changes from staff. Okay. I'm not. We only have this one item, so. <laughs> um, Okay, so there are no agenda changes. Oral communications. So, this is an opportunity for members of the public to address this board on uh, matters that concern the Historic Advisory Board um, that are not on the agenda tonight. Do we have anyone speaking for uh, oral communications? I take yeah, that as a no. Go ahead. Would you repeat that, please?
3: Uh looks like no one is raising their hand right now.
0: No one's raising their hand, okay. So there are no oral communications. The next uh, item on the agenda, written communications. Do we have any written communications besides what we've been receiving in our email?
1: None from staff. Um, I did wanna quickly touch upon the written communications for the uh, regular agenda item on tonight's agenda. Um, obviously, there were a lot of written comments. Uh, the way staff handled the written communications between the uh, previous meeting and this meeting was uh, almost on a weekly basis. Um, we, we don't have dedicated web staff, but um, so, so what we did our best to do was post the comments that we received on the city website. Um, and as part of your uh, staff report, we compiled those comments and attached them as an exhibit. Uh, we also continue to receive those written comments. And we made one posting as of last Thursday. And um, for this week, we also compiled the written comments and emailed them out to you as of noon. That gave you maybe about eight hours to review before this meeting. And for the uh, few that trickled in this afternoon, um, staff had directly emailed them to the sport. So I just want to put that in the record. Thank you.
0: Okay, thank you. Um... So, I hope everyone had a chance to to read through many of those comments, Um, many, a couple hundred pages, I think, uh, all totaled. Um, uh, The next item is our uh, regular agenda items, item 7A, which is a continuation of our discussion of delisting the historical from the historical uh, building study list of the buildings at 620 Central Avenue. I understand there's going to be a presentation tonight.
1: Uh, yes, um, this is Alan Ty. Good evening, um, Pre- uh, Pre- Chair Saxby, and members of the Historical Advisory Board. Uh, I am Alan Ty, city planner, and also the board secretary. Um, the staff we have today uh, includes uh, Henry Dong, our planner three, as well as Lena Chen from the City Attorney's uh, Office. Um, we also have Stacy Kazakovich um, from uh, Paige and Turnbull, who would be giving a presentation about more of the um, uh, substance tonight. Um, and Doug Biggs, the applicant representing Alameda Point Collaborative will also want to make a few remarks. Um, the, my presentation is going to be very brief. Uh, uh, as you know, this is a continuation of a discussion we had in the March meeting um, about the delisting of the Alameda Federal Center site from the Alameda historical building study list. I do wanna make a few clarifying points. Um, and if I may share the screen.
4: You
3: should have permission. And also uh, Stacy doesn't seem to be in the attendees list right now.
1: Okay, uh, we'll, we'll hold on for her. I see a hand raised, uh, maybe under Tracy Hannah, who's also part of the um, applicant team. Um, So right now you should be looking at a uh, site plan an area of the site on the left hand side of your screen and photographs of the existing buildings. Uh, My first point of clarification is that the proposed delisting only applies to the 3.65 acre portion of the site on the north that's uh, outlined there in uh, yellow Um, that's a portion of the site. that's proposed for the McKay Wellness Center uh, by the Alameda Point Collaborative. So the remainder of what's known as a former uh, Maritime Academy site is not part of the de- listing. So some of the buildings on that site uh, that are currently under the ownership of the East Bay Regional Parks District um, is not part of the question tonight. So I just wanted to point that out. Um, and then also uh, tonight, there are actually two actions in front of the board. The first has to do with the delisting of the property from the Alameda Historical Building Study List. At the last meeting, the HAB, this board, wanted more information about the uh, 1990, specifically about the 1996 page and Turnbull analysis that was um, commissioned by the federal government. And so staff provided that report and made it public on the city's website in March. Um, In addition, we also invited Page and Turnbull to author a new opinion um, and that opinion, uh, that memorandum was attached to the staff report. Uh, Overall, the conclusions have not changed. um, Based on the abundance of information that the property isn't eligible for the national state or even the local Alameda historic monument and study list criteria, staff believes that the HAB should approve the delisting. Uh, The second action before you is really about the certificate of approval. Um, Under the Alameda Municipal Code, if a proposal is to demolish a building uh, or or site on a site that is listed on the study list, um, you have to come before the HAB, uh, this board, for a certificate of approval application. And um, the uh, Alameda Point Collaborative has applied for a certificate of approval. Um, If the HAB approves the the delisting, then really the certificate approval becomes moot. But since we do have an application on file in front of you, we want the board to take action on that tonight. So that's really the second action. Um, And then lastly, there's just a lot of information being presented to the board and hopefully, uh, uh, what we can do is just sort of boil this down to a simple question. Um, simple terms for you. And, and I think this question really comes down to, do you believe that the site should be a local historic monument, right? We've answered questions about the state at the state and national level. Um, we have a lot of information that claims the property is not eligible for national state register listing, but does this board being the historical advisory board for the city of Alameda believe the site should be a local historic monument? If you believe that it should not, then staff recommends you approve the delisting and the certificate of approval. If you believe that yes, it could be eligible as an Alameda Historic Monument, then we say yes, you should deny the the delisting and certificate of approval. Um, Lastly, I think the more important point I also wanna make is any decision by the HAB tonight is appealable to the city council or the city council may also call for call it for review so um, very likely the decision might not stop here tonight so that really concludes um my brief summary and i just want to see if uh maybe i'll turn over to um, the applicant doug um, would you like to address the board or if tracy uh, or stacy from page and turnbull is um, available to make their presentation
5: yeah let's see if if Stacy's available.
6: Hi, I I am available here. Um, Henry, do you have the the slides that I sent you or should I uh, request to share the screen?
3: You should have access to uh, share your screen.
6: Okay, I'll see if I can do that. Okay, I'm just trying to get this max. Yeah,
1: I have it actually. Um,
6: do you I want to, to put, put it up? up so I can...
7: Yeah, I put it up and then I can help you. Uh
8: control
6: it okay okay is it so that's okay so this is the the first slide of our of our presentation uh, my name is Stacy Kozakavich I'm a, a historian with Page and Turnbull who is um, a preservation architecture firm based in San Francisco who um ha, er, worked on the 1996 uh, preservation plan that Ellen referred to and at the request of the city we we put together a memorandum um, just stating our our opinion considering you know any updated existing conditions from from what was observed in 1996 Um, and so what we're looking at is we're looking at a few remaining buildings from as I'm sure everybody in this meeting knows um, the the Marine Service Officers um, Training School, which was based at this location in Alameda, it looks like from um, the information that was uh, put out in 1944. These are some pictures from a 1944 uh, publication about um, the Marine Service Officers Program um, announcing the uh, the opening of the school in 1943 after its construction in 1942. what you see on the left is the administration building, which would have been um, to the Northeast across McKay from the existing buildings. And so the second image, the one on the right, is kind of looking down McKay with um, the the some of the extant buildings on the right-hand side, and the administration building, which is no longer there on, on the left. Um, if we go to the next slide, so, this is an aerial photograph from 1947. And you can see when this complex was constructed, it um, consisted of, of you know, more than a dozen buildings uh, of different sizes. You can see where the highlighted buildings are the ones that are still extant. Uh, the orange highlighted buildings are the ones that are in the parcel that we're talking about tonight. And the green highlighted buildings are the ones that are outside of that parcel, but which still remain. And so those include uh, one barracks building, which is building seven. The uh, East Bay Regional Parks Crab Cove Visitor Center, which was uh, converted from being the infirmary, and the Seamanship Building, which is our, our Regional Parks District office. Uh, the complex extended quite a, quite a ways um, into what is now the park area with several buildings, including training buildings, administration buildings, and uh, swimming pool, which was used both for recreation and exercise as well as um, training. Um, over, over in that area where they the, uh, the park area is now as well as private development area. And so what we have left is, um, I, I guess what's also kind of interesting is is if you look um, and you know, longtime Alameda residents are familiar with this as well. If you look just to the left of the screen, to the left of building seven um, at that time, the, the shoreline was right up against this piece of, of, of land. Uh, if you can go to the next slide. Um, at the time that the, uh, the, the base was, or the, the facility was decommissioned, um, the city of Alameda had a map made of the remaining elements of the, the training school. So, this sketch map kind of shows just what we were just looking at in aerial photograph version, only just with the outlines of the extent building. So, you can get a, a sense of what was there in 1953 and then what remains now. Uh, next slide. By the mid 1960s, you can see that uh, a lot of the buildings that are directly across McKay from where building one and two are now had been demolished. Um, building 12 up in the corner there <laughs> is a little bit of a holdout. It was a, um, a, a sewage uh, building, which is, is still there next to where the gatehouse was. Uh, but for the most part, except for the infirmary building, the buildings on the opposite side of McKay um, were, were taken down after the park district took over a large part of that territory and um, private developers took over another part of that territory. And I believe it was 1961 is when, when it started to be redistributed. Um, In the 1960s and and up until fairly recently there were still buildings down kind of between where building 2D is that you can see um, and where the seamanship building is. There were additional barracks buildings. There was a a garage, there was another training building. in that kind of space between building two, which was a barracks and the shoreline. So let's see the next slide. And this is this is what we have today. Um, The extant buildings consist of um, building one and part of building two. As you can see on that the south side of building 2D, there were three wings of that barracks building removed um, in the in the 2000s. This was quite recently, um, and so what used to be a six wing barracks building, which each of those extensions, 2A, 2B, 2C, and what were formerly there, 2E, 2F, and 2G, were barracks wings, which were you know, residences for the, the trainees, and then 2D in the center was uh, a meeting hall and the mess hall, the meeting hall on the upper floor and the mess hall on the ground floor. Um, and so that only a part of that building remains. The little buildings to the left of that barracks and mess hall building, eight, nine, 10, and 13, are a collection of uh, buildings which date to the Alameda Federal Center era of this, um, this piece of land, which I'll come back to in just a second. Um, two of which appear to possibly date in part to the, um, the Maritime Service Officers Training School, um, eight and 10 look like they could potentially date to that time period because they're quite small um, utility buildings they're not really very well documented and weren't considered deeply in the 1996 uh, preservation plan so what we're looking at is the alameda federal center as i believe alan referred to is the shape that is both the dashed outline and the blue outline, which was um, a parcel which was used by the General Services Administration from the 1960s um, until fairly recently by a number of different tenants, including um, most, most um, sort of having the most impact on the buildings, especially building one. Um, the US Department of Agriculture had a, a testing station at that location um, for which a lot of uh, alterations were made to the building. And so while the early history of the site was associated with the the Second World War era training center, which was used up until the early 1950s, the greater part of the 20th century history of the site was as a a general services administration um, site for use by a number of different federal government offices. And it was during this time that um, a lot of alterations to the buildings were made Um, And then some of the smaller buildings like, I believe, 9 and 13 are later later buildings from that GSA period as well. So what we kind of have left is the the GSA buildings and then a couple of of those wartime buildings, which are outside of even that boundary. Uh, Next slide. Now, when um, Page and Turnbull evaluated the site in 1996 um, and then the GSA approached the State Historic Preservation Officer in I believe it was 2003 for concurrence on those earlier findings as well as their their ongoing opinion that the site was not eligible for listing in the National Register. That was based not on the historic association of the site, but it was based on integrity of it. So from a historian's perspective, the, the site is significant for its association with the training school. And it's also considered to be significant as um, a good example of a, a large expansive government um, built, you know, purpose-built training campus with some um, Bay tradition elements, the, the kind of the shingle appearance of it, the rows of windows, echoes some of the the first half of the 20th century's architecture in the Bay Area, especially in the East Bay, with the kind of Bay traditions that we see, you know, especially spanning out from Berkeley. The opinion of Page and Turnbull and then the General Services Administration and the Office of Historic Preservation then wasn't that the site isn't important or significant historically, it's that it doesn't retain features that help it to convey that significance. So what we're looking at right now is Mm -hmm. The arrow is pointing, you know, roughly where this photograph was taken at part of building one, and so we see, for the most part, this whole facade of this building has been altered. um, During the the GSA use of the the Alameda Federal Center, this whole facade was originally. A a set of open loading docks and bays um, that were used as part of the engineering building by the training school and. and, and both inside and outside, this building has been altered really significantly such that it does not really convey um, its, its wartime association as part of an, an education as a you know, large residential education facility for these maritime service officers. Uh, next slide. Oh, this, is, this is one of the wings of the barracks. This is just kind of looking down the side of, of building 2C. Uh, we can see there have been some Later alterations, the, the exterior stairway structures um, were appear not to be original. The, the windows appear to have been replaced with um, aluminum frame windows, uh, which uh, I believe the originals were, uh, were a wood frame window. You can see building eight just on the right down there to the side, just as a little aside. Uh, next slide. And then this is the, uh, that, that south side of building 2D, which formerly had three barracks wings, it would have looked a great deal like what we just saw, um, but those three barracks wings had been removed, so it it no longer, you know, really clearly conveys that it was a a, a kind of a a large six barracks complex, uh, which was not the only residences. There were also three barracks buildings down to um, the southwest of this one five, six, and seven of which only seven remains that were the uh, housing for the trainees at the site. Next slide. And then these are the, the other small buildings that were uh, to the west of that barracks building. And you can see the the style and the, um, the cladding on building eight, which is the kind of the the top right that has that sort of a little clerestory vent and that overhanging awning and then the the sort of two-part building building 10 of which I think the part on the left which is the east part of it appears to be in um potentially an original um part of the of the base so the buildings that we're looking at don't um they've been fairly Fairly significantly altered Uh, and that's one part of the site's integrity the other part of the site's integrity which was uh, covered in the 1996 preservation plan was really that its association was conveyed by the campus which The the evaluators at that time saw the greatest significance in buildings that were used for um, the administration and training and so for example, the classroom building that was to the south of uh, in, in the southern part of that the Alameda Federal Center and um, that kind of W shaped patch of grass which has been demolished the buildings that were in um, the, the kind of northeast part of the site, which were demolished fairly fairly quickly in the 19 uh, early 1960s, uh, so what we're left with as a complex. doesn't really convey that significant association or the architectural style that it originally had and so that was that that is where the finding that that these just don't appear to to rise to the level um, of integrity that is necessary or to maintain the integrity that is necessary to convey those historical associations to the degree that's um that's required for the national register or the california register and i think that is uh I don't have any other slides after this, that, that sums up basically what our finding was, which concurs with the earlier findings regarding the area, which, and I think, I think the, the last sort of significant point that I'll make is a lot of the major demolitions that have occurred happened following that original 1996 evaluation. And so the site has lost additional integrity since that original evaluation. So, and it, it does not seem to have um, developed any, you know, no other associations that, uh, um, that, might, that might be uh, considered uh, for eligibility for the National or California Register or as a local um, monument have arisen in the interim. So I'll hand it back to Alan or Henry.
1: Thank you, Stacey. And sorry I butchered your last name earlier. I know you've mentioned it to me a couple of times, but it's, That's fine. it wouldn't stick in my head. Sorry. Um, I think that concludes the staff presentation, um, unless the applicant would like to f- make a few remarks. Doug?
5: I, I, w- I would. Thank you, Alan. And thank you, Chair Saxby and members of the Historical Advisory Board. My name is Doug Biggs. I'm the executive director of the Alameda Point Collaborative, the permanent supportive housing program for homeless and the lead applicant on this project. And uh, you know, recognizing that tonight is a continuation of the meeting of March 4th and that at that meeting I gave a full presentation, I'll try to not take up very much time at all tonight. But I did wanna thank the board for continuing that meeting um, so that we could get more information on the site. It's been an interesting journey to learn more about the many roles the site has performed over the years. I also want to thank you, the individual board members who have taken the time to visit the site, read numerous reports, numerous emails, uh, and do a full due diligence on the issues. Your your time has been very valuable to us. But I also want to thank city staff and particularly Alan and, and Henry for being relentless in wanting to get an accurate assessment of the site. It's really helped out. I do want to let you know that in the spirit of engagement and transparency, that has been a hallmark of our project. We prepared and posted online a self-guided tour uh, so that people could take and also conducted four on on-site, socially distance safe tours for members of the public to learn more about the, the site leading up to this meeting. Um, I know that there's been some questions that have come in from the board and others about the change from adaptive reuse of the site. And I wanted to provide some information on that. Our request to delist the site uh, stems from the plan to demolish building one, which has always been our intent. So the plan has always been to come before the HAB requesting the delisting. For building two, our original intent and desire was to pursue adaptive reuse. And we went all the way to city council with design review based on a design uh, of using adaptive reuse. Subsequent exploratory demo and engineering analysis led to the determination that the cost of rehab, particularly with regards To necessary seismic upgrades would make the project prohibitively expensive to build the state historical building code does not make exemptions for alterations which impose vertical or lateral loads such as the bathrooms ventilation and other structures that we would be installing in each unit regarding this the shbc goes so far to say it is rationally indefensible to misuse the shbc in order to fund at a lower level Its non-historic peers, the seismic repair of a structure identified as a historic resource. And I know our community members, our funders, and our stakeholders would also demand that we make the site as safe as possible. The seismic upgrades required at this site are extremely labor-intensive, requiring over 100 helical piers to be located underneath the existing structure. As there's no way to get any equipment into the crawl space of the building, this will require are tremendous amounts of manual labor for what would normally be done with heavy equipment, thus further escalating the cost of renovation. Supportive housing financing is very prescriptive and competitive. High cost projects are heavily penalized. In doing an analysis of rehab versus new construction, our design and construction team determined that we can reduce between 100 to $150,000 per unit from the cost of construction. The project could be built faster by streamlining the construction process using prefab framing where possible and avoiding the unforeseen conditions and cost increases that come with renovation work. And the project can be designed to better meet the needs of the medically fragile elders we'll be serving.
9: But tonight we're really here to talk about the
5: appropriateness of continuing inclusion of the site on the historical building study list. And I wanna reiterate that the listing is not for individual buildings, but for the site as a whole, which has been dramatically altered through the demolition of of many of the major buildings since the list was published. The site was put on a study list to be studied for inclusion on a historical register with an S designation suitable for inclusion in the state historic resources inventory. It has been studied extensively. It has been found not to be suitable. The study list process has done its job and now the site should come off the list. To guide you in that task, you have the benefit of comprehensive and consistent documentation and findings provided by Page and Turnbull that state that based on the lack of integrity of the original maritime service officer school campus as a whole and the lack of individual integrity of each of these buildings, they are not eligible for listing on the National Register, California Register, on the Alameda Historic Monuments List, or on the study list at any level and I'm quoting directly from their findings. Removing the site from the list and moving forward on constructing a new campus of service doesn't mean that the history is lost. We recognize that it was an important era for our country. As local resident Jay Garfinkel expressed in an online post, it is important to him and many others that the history of the school be preserved in one of the original buildings. We agree, but it doesn't have to be these buildings. East Bay Regional Parks has, for years, had a robust display about the Maritime School in the original school infirmary building, which now serves as the visitor center. And I would strongly encourage members of the public to visit that well-documented and designed display when it reopens, if they're truly interested in learning about and preserving the history of the area. The park is also undertaking a master planning process for their portion of the Officer school site, and is considering restoring and opening the original boathouse building to serve as an additional historic resource. I hope that everyone that has expressed interest in the site takes the time to participate in the planning process by going to evparksorg slash McKay master plan. APC will support the process by making available all of the original blueprints we have, signage and other items of interest we may find on the site and a complete photo documentation of the site as well. We also commit to placing interpreter signs or plaques as part of our project to describe an inclusive history of the site, not just limited to the 10 years that the site was a maritime school. We respectfully ask that this board accept the staff recommendation option number one and approve the delisting of the 3.65 acre site from the historical building study list. And I'm happy to answer any questions you may have. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mr. Biggs. Um, So that I take it. That's the close of the presentation on the. Okay, so uh, it's time for uh, board questions. Does anyone want to uh, start off some questions. Norman.
10: Uh,
2: Yeah, I did have um... So I had one question, uh, maybe for staff with regards to the buildings that are outside of the site. So the the buildings that are located within the East Bay regional parcels are those um, listed separately. Um, So in other words, the does it are they listed separately on the historic study list or or how is that divvied up at the moment.
1: Uh, no, they're not. In fact, I believe the entry that's on the study list simply says 620 Central Avenue, uh, Ad- Alameda Federal Center. So that's certainly
2: some,
1: uh, something that this that the city can clean up administratively. Just to elaborate on the fact that this site does contain um, multiple buildings.
2: So the the Alameda uh, Federal Building site is not doesn't extend beyond right if I understand correctly so the original parcel was the seven acres and the buildings that were um, given to the whatever it was at the time the California beach park at that time, so so those aren't listed separately. So it's all in one; they're all joined together. Correct. Still on the study right. list, is that correct? Right. Correct. The
1: study list is really just an address list, and uh, by address, it lists 620 Central. So it's staff's interpretation that it includes um, the Re- East Bay Regional Parks District as well as uh, the the subject site. Okay.
6: Um, I, I wanted there, to there. clarify one thing. I believe the seamanship building, which is the, the boathouse, is separately listed on the study list as an individual resource. The, the buildings that are within that, that kind of irregularly shaped parcel, which consists on, on its north half of the one we're talking about and on its south half of some GSA land, uh, are what is included in that, that 620 listing. Um, the seamanship building, which is the, the regional park office, is a separate resource on the study list
2: okay and does the crab cove visitor center does the crab cove visitor center fall into one or the other
6: i don't think it does i think the crab cove visitor center uh, and that that little sewage building which isn't a lot but it is you know part of that that resource um are not part of what would be delisted
0: as well as isn't there a barracks building building number seven
6: It's which is in GSA land and if the only thing that was that building seven, I believe, is in the original 620 address and so if that whole thing was removed, then the only building outside of the current parcel that we're talking about, um, which would be impacted by that delisting would be building seven.
2: Thank you.
1: May I just share the screen really quickly for one second? I'm going to show you the actual study list so you can see the entry. Um, you should be seeing a list of addresses right now, and this is what we were referring to. Stacy, thanks for that clarification about the boat build, boat house building right there.
2: So, Alan, just to follow up on my question then, so then for the Crab Cove Visitor Center, if we wanted that listed separately from the Alameda Federal Center, then that is something that would be done administratively by city staff, is that correct?
1: Uh, That's correct, because um, by by reference of the address, 620 um, Central, uh, I believe the int- original intent from the 70s was to capture the the history of the entire site. Okay. So if it makes more sense um, just for clarity and educational value to list more individual buildings, we could certainly do that with your direction.
0: Thank you. Alan, did, did I understand from reading the materials for this, uh, this week um, or this evening that we were talking about just delisting the northern part of this site and that the southern part was going to be excluded from uh, a decision by this board? That is correct. So that would be basically building seven would be excluded from the decision tonight.
1: Correct. Building seven, uh, the the boathouse or seamanship building as well as the infirmary building on East Bay Regional Parks District are not part of the the delisting Right.
0: Those, are, those actually appear to be outside of the boundaries of this parcel entirely. Correct. Okay, correct. And can, can you clarify what the logic is with that uh, approach? Um, Given that, you know, these are all buildings of one campus at one time, and we're talking about um, potential lack of integrity, why would, why would we separate the southern part of this parcel?
1: Well, I guess t- to step back, um, the original request is uh, related to the project, McKay Wellness Center. In order to build the McKay Wellness Center, um, we the original project plans, as Doug had described earlier, included the demolition of building one. Um, and uh, now that the project has evolved, there's more information that Doug claims cannot, uh, where, where the buildings cannot be um, feasibly uh, reused, um, then it kind of led to the question of, OK, what, uh, how many buildings are on a site that needs to be demolished? And um, but also it's, it's a request made from the applicant on the parcel that he controls. And so which is why we want to make that clarification that we're only talking about these buildings um, on, on the three and a half acre site. Uh, certainly, I mean, this board can make a decision about the, in, the, the larger site. Um, we think uh, the technical analysis is there um, to support even delisting the entire site. But um, for purposes of moving forward, the McKay Wellness Center project, staff is really only considering the three and a half acre portion.
0: Okay, thank you. Do we have other questions from board members? Norman?
2: Yes, thanks. So, the so did the original application also include the demolition of the small accessory structures in addition to building one, or have those been added to the demolition scope as well as building two?
1: Um, Henry, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the original application were uh, was it three buildings and then um, three? I'm, I'm sorry, three accessory buildings. It was. The original proposal for the, Henry, I'll let you explain this. Oh, yeah. The original was three accessory buildings, and then they added the fourth one in there.
0: Norman, do you have more questions? I do have one
2: more question. Sorry. Please. um, So just to clarify, Alan, one so if I understand correctly, the, if, if this were GSA uh, proposing a new building for that site, just hypothetically, so if GSA were proposing a new federal building for whatever use on that site, then they would not have to go su- through the City of Alameda approval process. Is that correct? Or do I have that, that wrong?
1: That is correct.
2: So if that were the case, and GSA were proposing a building for the site, they could demolish all of these without any application to HAB or the city of Alameda for for approval is that do I have that right
1: that's correct
2: okay so which is what
1: which is what happened in history I mean, that's right. exactly what happened that led to the deterioration of the integrity of the site and its ability to convey association
2: got it so the the fact that it's listed on the hist, uh, on the historic study list would not have any sway or benefit or it it wouldn't prevent them from proceeding with their plans to do that if that's what they so chose.
0: Correct. Okay, thanks. Other board members, questions, Lynn?
11: I have a few questions. Um, So I was reading through a lot of the comments um, and um, I got through as many as I could um, some of the letters talked about further study, and something that came up was the adaptive reuse feasibility study. And I just wanted to know if anyone could shed light to this other study that I'm hearing about, and you know, is 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 that kind of opening up a can of worms? Can someone speak to that study that people are requesting? I don't know if it's like an official study or that that term kind of came up a lot. And
0: Mr. Biggs didn't didn't you do an adaptive reuse study as part of your evaluation of the site?
5: We did an exploratory demo um, to to check the pilings to check, check the seismic, um and had engineering do a do a, a, an analysis of the, the adaptive reuse cost on that. I'm not aware of a city adaptive reuse study plan. I think this is, um, it, it's, I mean, in essence, that's what we did with exploratory analysis. Okay. But it was primarily going...
0: focused, primarily focused on structural concerns. Correct.
11: Um, my other question is, um, some of the letters talked about, um, like prominent architects and they use coyote point as an example. And, um, I don't know if this was sort of like a, sorry if this ruffles any feathers, but like a kind of a weak argument or whatever, but is just, I, I guess what I'm asking is, is there any possibility that these buildings were erected by some architect that's notable? Um, Joseph Erscher came up and Gardner Daly and the possibility of them working together, but. I, I think that um,
6: if in in our look, you know, the materials that we looked at for the memorandum, we didn't do additional original research research to identify who designed those buildings uh, for the um, for you know the wartime use. Um, they, they could have been from uh, sort of more centralized um, wartime um, plans which, which were used across the country to very quickly build um, installations for um, training and for housing and for mobilization of mm-hmm. armed forces and so, um, so, so that said though if we were to look back and find original plans for those, which is what we would need to do, is we would need to probably dig into federal archival records to see if we could find plans for those uh, buildings. The 1996 documentation that was prepared did not find that information. Um, It may be findable now, Um, it may not be. Um, That said, buildings by notable architects, by master architects and builders, also, have to adhere to the same requirements for integrity as mm-hmm. ones that are significant for architectural style or for historical association. And so, you know, for example, not every Julia Morgan building is significant. There are ones that no longer have enough features that display what her original design was. And it is extremely likely that the same thing would be the case for these buildings that they no longer, on, on the campus level, it no longer retains its, its identity as a cohesive campus, not only with the buildings, but with also internal circulation routes, with parade squares, pathways, other kinds of um, um, you know, connecting landscape design, um, as well as all of the, the shoreline facilities that were the working, you know, training areas. Um, and so, and then at the individual levels, the buildings that are still standing have been fairly significantly altered. Um, and so I think, you know, it's it's always a good question. We're always, you know, historians can always find more information the deeper we dig for something. And it is, you know, we, we, we simply don't know yet. Um, if there was an individually significant architect um, i don't
11: think that though that that would change the integrity issue right um and then my last question if that's okay is something that just came up because of alan's um you know slide about the historical mon- monument question and um you know we we are talking about i i've I feel like we're getting a lot of great information, a lot of good analysis um, about whether, you know, this site um, and the buildings on the site is, uh, you know, up to the standard of the national registry, but is this something that our town, you know, Alameda would want to hold as a historical monument. And um, I, I'm just, Maybe this is a question for the board or just anybody here, um, our local Alamedans, like, um, what what kind of historical sites do we have and what kind of like, could, could we use this facility to highlight and memorialize uh, what we all believe is a historically significant period of our history, not just for Alameda, but our whole country. Um, and so I, I believe that we've talked about that boathouse, which I think is um, so indicative of of that and the monument that exists on Crab Cove. But um, yeah, I mean, wh- I mean, what would it look like if like hypothetically we had these buildings to be a historical monument? Like, would we open it up to the public and it would turn into a museum or what? <laughs> It's it's a little abstract for me. And I feel like to answer that question for Alameda, I would like a little bit of discussion on that.
5: Um, if, if, could I respond to that a little bit? Because sure. we have some information on that. So, you know, it, we've um, we've already been through an effort uh, by opponents to stop the project. And and in that case, there was a most of the folks that are gonna talk to you tonight and have send emails we very strongly in support of tearing down all the buildings for open space. At that time, the East Bay Regional Parks and the City of Alameda made a very clear statement that neither one of them would accept the property uh, to to serve as a park, uh, whether it had buildings or not. And so, in reality, if we designated that as a historic monument, it would go back to GSA, <laughs> the federal government. They would they would. Tear it down, uh, most likely, um, or they would they would sell it to another another uh, entity for another use. So we don't we don't because the community doesn't the city doesn't own the buildings. They can't turn it into a museum. And from the larger perspective, I mean, I, I totally agree that it was a historic and important era. But you have two signature buildings on East Bay Regional Parks, and East Bay Regional Parks is already good at and responsible for interpreting history. Or you have these buildings that are being run by a nonprofit that's good at serving homeless, but may not be the best at interpreting history. And so you can still preserve the, the, the sense, you can preserve the atmosphere of what went on during that times with those buildings that belong to East Bay Regional Parks.
0: Okay, either Lynn, are you through with your questions? Thank you. Jen or Alvin, do you have some questions? I guess one one thought that I've had or one question I've had maybe to Ms. Kazakovich, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, is um, the idea of these buildings having been altered but in an additive way that the you know, like the, the loading docks have been enclosed and things that could actually be restored or removed to return the building to a more historic condition. Is that, um, is that something that's irrelevant?
6: It, it isn't irrelevant. Um, I think many buildings um, or in, in many cases, buildings can be um, rehabilitated to a historic appearance. Um, in this case, the, the question is if you rehabilitated, for example, building one to its historic appearance, um, it's unclear what the, um, the condition is of the original exterior of the building after that uh, addition was done and, and what it would take to get there. Um, but, you know, barring sort of financial and engineering constraints, what you would have in that case is a well-preserved single building uh, which wouldn't restore the campus and so it would it would still only go a little ways toward um, bringing back the historic character of the site
0: yeah and that sort of re uh, that raises the question that that Lynn had about the local significance of the right. buildings
6: right and and in if one building is going to be preserved or rehabilitated um, there are as as the kind of memorial to the, the larger site there are buildings outside of this um, we page and Hermel did not look at um, the integrity or condition of the seamanship building building seven or of the the park center as part of this project and so that would be a, a kind of a separate um, process to just look and see if if those could be rehabilitated and interpreted in a way that would be useful and and um, and rise to the challenge of of being able to convey that history, um, so so again, like I was saying, the building two would be more challenging because that would involve reconstructing the <laughs> wings. Uh, however, you can hear the the chaos happening. Oh right. yes,
0: <laughs> sorry.
6: Sorry alright. Um, yeah, the I'm I'm very well guarded. Anyway, building, <laughs> building one, you know, it could feasibly be rehabilitated just from you know a, a purely um, architectural perspective, um, but because it was part of a significant <laughs> complex, I, I don't, I'm not of the opinion that that would bring back um, a lot of, you know, enough integrity for, for the site to really hold. <laughs> okay,
0: thank you. OK, um, Norman, more questions? Sorry,
2: I do have one more. Um, so maybe this is one for Mr. Biggs, um, which is to follow up a little bit on Lynn's question regarding the adaptive reuse. So just in addition to the the structural analysis that you did, that um, the application that you had originally for building two, did that assume adaptive reuse and, and was the design that you submitted? I don't know where that application stands, but was that sort of the intent? Was that you were doing an adaptive reuse of that building so therefore the design reflected an adaptive reuse and then it was upon trying to figure out the cost of and the feasibility of that design or did it never get to that point?
5: no it, it went to that point our initial design and intent for building two was an adaptive reuse and we submitted a design review application to the city that went through the planning board and went through um the city council uh for approval but then we weren't able to do the exploratory demo until after that that piece was done and it was after doing the exploratory demo and the analysis by the engineers that the contractors and the design team but it's just it's not feasible.
0: Okay, if there are no other questions or comments from our board, last chance, Alvin and Jen.
12: I'm waiting for public comment and then I'll okay. ask a question.
0: All right. So at this point in time then um, I'll close the presentation and open it up for public comment. So can we get a a tally on how many speakers we have tonight?
3: Uh, Currently we have 41 attendees and the speakers is currently at nine
0: and growing. Like growing fast, (laughs) is it 20 now?
3: Uh, The jump to nine went really quick. It just went up to 11.
11: Um, Can I make a suggestion, Chair Saxby? Please. Um, Just uh, uh, for the sake of us staying on topic, you could sort of remind uh, uh, folks to kind of be reminded of what the topic is on hand. It's out of our purview really to uh, comment on, you know, the use of this land um, you know, uh, out of the scope of, you know, the feasibility of whether this is, should be on the historical uh, list or not, or the studies list. Um, I'm sure you could do a better job of some. Oh, thank you. But, thank yeah.
0: you. <laughs> You're taking the words right out of my mouth. No, this, that's, that's a very important point that Lynn has made, that uh, we are not here to talk about the use, um, protect, proposed use of this site at all. We're here to talk about the potential delisting or demolition of the buildings on the northern part of the site. And, and that is all. Um, so with that in mind, I hope the speakers would focus on that uh, topic. And, um, and you know, Chair think- Saxby, um, prior to the meeting, I did get a request
1: from uh, Carmen Reed as well as Janet Gibson. I see them both in the audience list regarding a presentation. Um, I just want to put that out there for your consideration.
0: Is that the presentation of the, uh, the the YouTube video that we saw earlier, or is this something different or new?
1: I do not know. OK.
0: Um, and then the, the speaker number is, is, is at 11 now? Uh, yes, currently at 11. And that includes the presentation?
3: Um, I believe Carmen Reed is one of the people raising their hands in the 11.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to, you know, we're going to keep the time limit for the uh, speakers to three minutes. And so if your presentation is going to go longer than three minutes, then we would like you to, you know, you could use the time from another speaker and add it to uh, one person's time to, to give a more comprehensive uh, presentation. Uh, but let's make sure that you know, we'd be very concise with our um, our comments and uh, focus on the topic at hand. And let's try not to be, uh, repeat a lot of information. If we can, if you agree with someone with, with what someone has said, then you can simply say, I agree with so-and-so um, without having to repeat all the information again. So with that in mind, um, maybe we can start with the Uh, the presentation, the more formal presentation that has been proposed um, from Carmen Reed and I forget the other person's name.
3: Copy that. I will have to uh, promote Carmen into a panelist for her to share her presentation.
0: Okay, thank you.
13: This evening, and I hope you had a chance to uh, to review the YouTube video. We did. Thank you.
0: So, do you want to summarize what you had included in that video, or are you just are you is that the? Go ahead. Would
13: you you like me to just speak now, um, just for a few minutes?
0: Uh, Sure. I think, and then you know some of that. Presentation on YouTube addressed uh, one of the board's questions about significant architects. Um, I think that was part of the YouTube video and maybe you can shed a little light on that point.
13: Great. Yeah. So, um, I have been doing extensive research and I've been attempting to locate who the architect was. Um, of, of the site and um, I, have, um, I have been in touch with uh, some very important and notable architects in the Bay Area uh, who have said that um, it is very possible that, um, that Gardner Daly, um, you know, it's, it's possible that Gardner Daly um, was the architect. Um, I have reached out to the National Archives and, I, and as soon as they open, I'm hoping to be able to get um, into those files um, also, I did find a drawing uh, from 1946 by Joseph Escherich, uh who's the architect of Sea uh, Ranch, um, and he did make an addition um, uh, at, um, at the training school. So I think that that's, that's also quite important. Um, I also submitted an application um, to the National Register. Um, I've been consulting with the um, uh, with, the, with the historians at the state. And um, there is additional information um, that's not in the Page and Turnbull reports, um, including you know the one from 1996. And I also wanna point out that the letter from the GSA, I read that today and uh, she stated that the seamanship building uh, has been demolished. So they also don't have all of the correct information. Um, I I really do believe that we should we should give this time uh, for the national register um, application to be fully evaluated um, by the state historians by the national historians. Um, I think it's an important process. I also believe that the um, uh, that the merchant marines deserve this. Um, they have been an underrepresented group. Um, they didn't get their veteran status until 1988. Um, We have the full support of the American Merchant Marine Veterans Group. um, And uh, you've probably seen the petition that was started by the Veterans Association, by the National Veterans Association. Um, We have uh, over a thousand signatures on that. So I would really appreciate um, some additional time since archives have been closed to locate who that architect was um, and to um, and to give this the, um, you know, uh, the full evaluation that it deserves. I mean, this is a very old property. It's, you know, over 80 80 years old and um, our military history is so important in Alameda um, that it would be, I mean, it would be a disaster in my opinion, if we uh, we just destroyed all of the buildings without putting considerable thought into this, Um, so, Thank you very much. I, I really um, appreciate your work and your and your consideration. Thank you.
0: Ms. Reed. I have a quick a quick follow up question. Did you say that someone has submitted a National Register application for this property?
13: Yes. Yes. I submitted recently. It. Oh. Yes. Yeah, it was submitted you- um, on um, on uh, Friday. And uh, so they they should have it now. So
0: and what do you expect the turnaround time for that would be?
13: Um, the full evaluation process uh, could be like a, um, like somewhere between six to 12 months. Um, I mean, they really do a thorough analysis. And I feel like that's what's missing here, is that um, like the Page and Turnbull report, it doesn't include both sides of the street. Um, you know, we don't have the, the full information on who the architect was. Um, so many of these archives are closed. Um, and, um, yeah, I think that the, the full evaluation is what is, what's really needed here. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Next speaker.
3: The next speaker will be John Healy.
10: Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Um, I had a planned out thing that i wanted to say but i'm going to change it from what we're having i really believe we need to change the format of where we're going where we need to trade a win-win situation where mr biggs gets his win and what he needs to accomplish on the site and the historians get the win where they get their win on that site on both sides there's been a lot of misinformation that i've seen tonight on a lot of ways the memo uh, that was presented by page and turmoil really doesn't cut it and i have to dispute with mr biggs that there really hasn't been an adaptive reuse uh, process that's been done. That's done by architects and a historian. It's a big process that goes through that. And that really needs to go in. it. That's where we create the win-win for both sides of this process. Um, I've heard a lot of misinformation tonight from both sides kind of going where we're trying to go with this. I think that the reality is, is that um, we need to create the history. This is the only site left in the United States where this took place. This is where the people that went to war without guns, there were people that had four Liberty ships Blown out from underneath them by torpedoes, and came back and taught at this school. And in fact, some of them became residents of Alameda and opened businesses. So the history in the the site is immense, and there's also um, three different people, if I understand, in this process for this this application going on. One is the state of California, because I believe that they have the Crab Cove the Crab Cove Center is theirs. Then there's the East Bay Regional Park, and then there's GSA. There's a lot of technical issues that haven't been covered properly. So for instance, you go back to the original 2003, I believe application that GSA sent to the state SHPO. When you're a federal agency, you don't go to the state because the state doesn't have any say like you were talking about earlier. If the buildings were torn down by the GSA and others, they would just be done. They didn't have to go to the state. They don't need to go to the city. They move that question goes up to the state. I mean, excuse me, to the federal government. It doesn't come to the state. I know that's kind of counterproductive when you see when you see the standard process by people today in the SHPO process, which where you go to the state And the state elevates it up to the federal government. But in that particular instance, anyway, I've seen a lot of misinformation. I've actually seen the city make false representations under the color of authority about these things. We need to create another forum where people can come back and forth, where, you know, Mr. Biggs gets a lot of time, the architects get a lot of time, I get three minutes, and I can't do a counterpoint or counterpoint, point, counterpoint that's productive for you, for you guys to make your decisions on. And that's what we want to do we want to make a good decision for everybody in the citizens of alameda and i think that we need to change this format and by law by the way once this application's gone in the delisting and all this other process it's at a standstill until there's a decision made on that process and you can go to look at the uh the case in oakland the old montgomery ward building that's a great case that went through the state on the same almost the same kind of things that are happening today so thank you all for your time i appreciate your thoughtfulness you guys are all on point good job for everybody and and keep going. We got to make a win-win out of this for everybody. That's the way we got to do this. Thank you, Mr. Healy. Next
0: speaker. The
3: next speaker will be Jay Garfinkel.
14: Hi. Good evening. Good um, evening. I just want to follow up on what. Uh, some of you on the panel have said, I think the issue here is, is there any historic value to this? The fact that a few buildings have been modified doesn't detract from the fact that the area, the site in general, has uh, historic significance to a lot of us who have lived in Alameda for a long, long time. I was alive when it was in use as a training center. And I remember being there as a child, not, as a, as a student, but as a child with my parents walking through the area. Um, the question really is, is there historic value or is this a financial question? My impression is that the push from the city planners is, and and the applicant is one of financial significance. And I think that should carry absolutely no weight as has been suggested by some of you. So I just wanna make sure that we're focusing on the historic significance as perceived by the residents of Alameda, not by a, a historian in Timbuktu or even in San Francisco. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mr. Garfinkel. Next speaker.
3: Next speaker will be Conchita
0: Perales.
9: Uh, Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, thank you. Um, I am very concerned that the delisting or the demolition of these historical buildings will set a precedent and will open the door for the delisting and demolition of every other building included in the study list. If you don't find that these buildings are historically important enough to save and given all the overwhelming overwhelming evidence before you how do you expect to protect and preserve anything else most of the buildings included in the study list are houses these are these are our homes and many of these have been actually altered does this mean that 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 you will just approve their demolition you know because the only proof of their history are the families that have inhabited them and who are now dead and gone. One by one, these homes will come up to the chopping block. And one by one, you will have no argument to save them. Because if you approve this proposal, you will have paved the way for the listing and demolition of every single one of them. How will we prove that our homes are important, that they're worth preserving? How will you ever make a case for preserving Alameda's remaining historic buildings if you don't save and preserve these ones. You, the historic advisory board, are our only hope and the only tool we have as residents of this beautiful and unique island to fight back the special interests of developers, of the planning department, and of individuals such as Doug Biggs, whose economic gain supersedes that of the preservation of Alameda's historic heritage. They don't care about our past or our future. They don't care about our homes or our history. And if you approve this delisting, this demolition, it'll be the beginning of the end of hope for Alameda because they will use this precedent to demolish every house and every building that stands in their way. Please, please do not fall prey to the pressures of the economic interests of developers and their enablers. We are counting on you to fight for us and the preservation of Alameda's historic assets. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Ms. Perales.
3: Next speaker. The next speaker will be Matt Reed.
15: Hi, can you hear me? Great, thank you Um, and thanks for your time. Uh, I don't envy you as HAB members uh, this evening. I think you have a very important decision to make uh, and I know you're taking it very seriously and I appreciate that. Um, I just wanted to talk a bit about site integrity and encourage you uh, to think creatively for yourselves about what that means. Um, There's a place in Beijing called the Ming Dynasty City Wall Park. It comprises 1.5 kilometers of what used to be 24 kilometers of city wall that surrounded that city so by the definitions of integrity that we talked about earlier that's an easy demolition that any hotel provider could have could have perhaps argued had no one been there to defend the significance of that site similarly if you're looking for roman walls in barcelona you'll find them they're out there they're in little snippets that are about five meters wide and they're glorious when you turn a corner and find one but Let's face it, site integrity, zero, doesn't have it. So when I look at the McKay Avenue property and I stand at the monument, which, by the way, I think needs to be rewritten. The monument is in that little cement pillar pillar standing in the middle of the field next to the flagpole. And it says, on this site, many men were trained for battle or something to that effect. It doesn't even say who they are or what the site is. But when you look up and around, you do get a sense of scope of the parade grounds, which are right there. And to uh, to the left, if you look over to the left, you do see some remaining barracks and campus buildings. I recognize it's not the full beautiful campus that we saw earlier in the aerial photographs, but it's just enough. You have enough perpendicular lines, you've got three stories, you've got a sense of scale and scope as you look around to make it memorable and meaningful. And that's before you get to how significant it was, which I know a lot of the other speakers are are talking about this evening. But I would just have you reconsider what site integrity means and, and how you're able to define that here and that there's plenty of examples where a, just a fraction of a site remains, and yet the, the citizens who were looking into this felt it was worthy of preservation, and we, the, 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 the recipients of their, of their foresight, uh, get to enjoy walking around the streets of Barcelona or through the city walls of China. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mr. Reed.
3: Next speaker. The next speaker will be Mike Van Dyne.
16: Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Thank you, board members, for your public service. These original buildings of the U.S. Maritime Officers Training School on McKay are on the Alameda's historic buildings study list for good reason. Their walls hold the stories of the important role our city played in World War II and in the merchant marine history. Page and Turnbull report itself clearly describes the historical importance and architectural significance of these structures in their report. This is not a National Registry question. It is simply a question of their importance to Alameda. And you are all citizens of Alameda. And this has been well established. So as members of the HAB, it is your obligation to deny the attempt to delist and to deny the application for demolition of our historic assets. We are here tonight for no other reason and Doug Biggs and the Alameda Point Collaborative have changed the size and the scope of the project that the voters approved in 2019. If they would have proposed demolition of these historic buildings on the 2019 special election ballot, they surely would have lost that election. Only once before has a building in Alameda been delisted. And that was in 2009 when a Victorian house at 2413 Buena Vista was demolished for a parking lot. And you might not be surprised to learn that demolition was recommended by none other than Page and Turnbull. I would wager that their findings would have been different if the city was paying them to prove their historical significance. Isn't it funny that Doug Biggs is complaining to you now about costs? The federal government offered these buildings for the homeless. And now Biggs says his homeless organization has no use for these buildings whatsoever in their historic state. Mr. Biggs, we, the citizens of Alameda, will be glad to restore and reuse these buildings for the benefit of our city. And you can then focus on your brand new building scheduled for construction at Alameda Point. Also, it's very ironic that Equity Community Builders, the developer partnered with APC, features on the front page of their website three San Francisco Presidio rehabilitation projects of historic military buildings. However, here in Alameda, they proposed to demolish our history. Please recognize the historic advisory board was created for the specific reason of keeping a check on developers who would quickly trade our historical assets for short-sighted financial gain. Despite the urging that you have received on how to vote from Alan Tai, and the planning department he represents please keep focus on the HABS independent role and the specific historical question at hand these buildings deserve to be on our study list and they should be preserved restored and reused thank you
0: thank you mr van dyne next speaker
3: the next speaker will be harvey rosenthal
0: Uh, Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay.
17: Uh, I prepared some comments, but first before I start, I'd like to respond to a couple of misstatements from Mr. Biggs. Uh, First, he said the opponents of his project wanted to tear down the buildings. That was not the case. The open space initiative would allow the buildings to stay, and they could be reused for things that are typically found in a park, such as a museum or a recreation center. So that was a false statement. The other false statement, which you made last, last meeting, was that the uh, from day one, building one was going to be torn down. He, when he applied to the federal government for this building, he wrote it was going to be reused. When he had his public presentations, he had a slide called uh, adaptive, reuse, uh, adaptive Reuse, where he showed each building and how it would be reused. Uh, for the League of Women Voters, um, you know, it said that these buildings are buildings, plural, are going to be reused and we're going to save money and, and, the, and, and all the way down the actual wording of his uh, initiative and the, uh, the uh, sample ballot language all talks about how much money they're going to save by creatively reusing these buildings. So, I mean, it's just a falsehood that, that from day one these buildings were going to be torn down. The public has been misled, and the voters have been misled. Um, to justify his plan for demolition, Mr. Biggs pointed out what he claimed were two structures in Crab Cove that better commemorate the former officer school. Unfortunately, the concrete marker he mentioned only refers to quote this station and nowhere mentions the officer school and the former seamanship building is fenced off with barbed wire from public access. The Page and Turnbull report cites modifications of the buildings through painting, window replacement, and changes to interiors and exterior staircases. However, the buildings can be repainted, and windows and exterior staircases can be replaced to resemble the original. The planning department states the physical appearance is the primary primary criterion for the S designation, so interior uh, changes should be irrelevant. Sadly, there was no serious effort by the Planning Department to locate documents to understand why the site was originally placed on the study list, to learn who was the architect, or to research the historical significance. No attempt was made to review the 96 report. The Office of Historic Preservation never visited the site and never did its own independent evaluation. The judge in the court case never reviewed historical or architectural documents regarding the site. On his federal application for the property, Mr. Biggs responded, quote, the property is suitable for the proposed use, end quote. If Mr. Biggs now feels the apartment, the the buildings no longer meet his needs, there are other alternatives. And my apologies,
3: Mr. Rosenthal, that's your three minutes.
0: Thank you, Mr. Rosenthal. Do we have another speaker? Yes, we have
3: nine more speakers now. Okay. Uh, The next one will be Rosalinda Fortuna.
8: Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Oh, thank you. Uh, I am uh, speaking for my father who is 96 years old and was in the United States Navy for 21 years and was gone away from our family for many years, uh, serving our country on many aircraft carriers. And I wanna read part of the letter that he submitted so that uh, others can, can see what uh, my father and similar veterans feel. Um, He states, I have seen lots of changes in Alameda, but one underlying thread is that Alameda has, has always been a military town and that there has been history built within this town because of its military. I do not agree that the federal buildings at 620 Central Avenue be delisted from historical building study list. Alameda's merchant marines are deserving of recognition for what they have accomplished and to tear down these buildings is a disgrace because we should strive to preserve these buildings and Alameda's military heritage. Since I cannot drive anymore, my daughter brought me to the Alameda Naval Air Base about a year ago and I was thrilled to see how they reused many of the buildings for breweries and businesses. Alameda Point Collaborative promised to reuse these buildings when they gave us flyers at their community workshops and Alamedans voted accordingly in the election. But I am disappointed that the applicant did not keep his promise and is currently applying to demolish these historic buildings. Uh, Many of my fellow veterans have already passed on, and I want to speak up for them. Please carefully consider that the above points and take them into consideration before making a decision which could irrevocably destroy an important part of Alameda's military history. And I just myself, I want to add about the site's integrity uh, integrity, and relate this to the Rosie the Riveter, Riveter's site in Richmond. Those buildings are there and they are part of the National Historic Monument. The, this was the, the uh, uh, Ford assembly plant. And now it's, it's historical building. The whole site is historic. You have the, the, uh, uh, the housing that was built for the uh, workers, the women, and, they, and the, and the women worked so hard that they called, uh, they slept, uh, uh and worked and they called them hot beds, where the women would uh, leave, uh, you know, the sleeping, leave from sleeping and then go to work and someone else would take yeah. over.
3: My apologies, Rosalinda, that's your three minutes.
8: Oh, thank you.
0: Thank you, Ms. Pertuna. Thank you. Next speaker.
3: Uh, the next speaker will be Christopher Buckley.
18: Christopher Buckley, Christopher Buckley with the Alameda Architectural Preservation Society. Can you hear me? Yes. Thank you. Um, We sent you a letter. I'm going, hopefully you've had a chance to look at. We sent it last night. I was going to go over some of the points in the letter. First, we'd like to thank the planning department for arranging preparation of the memorandum of opinion by Page and Turnbull. However, the memo's integrity analysis, which has been noted, is based on the National Register and California Register criteria, particularly concerning integrity, uh, because as noted in the memo, the city's uh, criteria does not clearly state what what the integrity standard is. So basically by default, it looks like that the memo went to the National Register and California criteria to have uh, some basis for an integrity analysis. the city's criteria is really very open-ended if you look at the historic preservation ordinance and the criteria for historical monuments, integrity isn't even mentioned. So because of this extra flexibility in the city's ordinance, the, it's really up to the landmarks board to decide, pardon me, the historical advisory board to decide you know, what integrity standard should be applied to this to this property. An example of this flexibility is reflected in alternative two in the staff report, which would allow demolition of the properties, but keep it on the study list, which suggests that even for a vacant site, it would still retain enough integrity to stay on the study list. So there seems to be some contradiction in the the staff analysis and to some degree in the Page and Turnbull analysis. Uh, Also, some historical monuments, their sites have been kept on the historic monument list uh, for commemorative purposes the site despite the buildings being demolished so that's another example of the flexibility that's available to the historical advisory board you know for these designations finally if you you know visit look at the site which many which pretty much everybody here has and compare the current condition particularly on, along mckay avenue to the 1940s photos you know a lot of the original portions of the building still retain that early appearance, there's been alterations, but the general appearance is still recognizable. And there's still a sense of time and place. And given the size and and proximity together of what's left, that you still get a sense of a large scale complex. So in consideration of this, and given the importance of the complex to Alameda's role in World War II and Korean War, and the flexibility that the Historic Preservation Ordinance gives to study list eligibility, the case can be made, the buildings are still eligible for a purely local register such as the study list. And it could be part of a historical monument, which could even include the other important buildings such as the seamanship building. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mr. Buckley. Next speaker.
3: The next speaker will be Janet Gibson.
19: Hello, can you hear me?
0: Yes, we can.
19: Okay, thank you. Uh, Nice to see you and talk with you. Um, I'm a resident since uh, 19. uh, Well, I 73. I started teaching uh, at Alameda High School in 1968. Raised children here and have been very active. As I was a special ed teacher, but um, I'm old enough now that I um, I was born. before this, uh, these buildings were built, and so I remember, you know, um, a lot of the things that the that uh, was go- were going on in the Bay Area because I grew up over in San Mateo. So let me just say this: that um, uh, I, I was going to write something that started. Once upon a time, there was a delightful destination in San Francisco Bay. It was called Neptune Beach. From 1917 to 1939, resort homes and cozy cottages lured city people by ferries and railroad to this amusement park. Well then, and then something happened. The Great Depression came. And uh, we know what happened then. And then at the, as the Depression was ending, something else happened. and the, uh, the Navy came because we were an ideal place for pre- preparing and for helping in World War II. So, but let me just say this. Um, I, as I listen, I, I I think these buildings should definitely be saved. I voted. Uh, uh, I I wanted to save them, and w- Alameda wanted to help uh, needy people uh, who needed uh, respite and so on. However, I think Mr. Big's problem was getting funding, and uh, that these weren't the right places that he needs to revise them, make them bigger, and something on. Suggests that there maybe they're not the right place for him anymore, and that and that, that maybe they could be used for something else. So I would just like you to think, and, and the city, to think what if we rethought this use of that land and, and, and did create something that would bring people to, uh, uh, to an area of our island that has many uh, r- remnants of World War II in it, but also uh, an area that could be still used for other things instead of an Alameda County facility that would only help like 5% of Alamedans. Mr. Maybe... Gibson,
0: the use of the site is off the table for tonight's meeting. Oh. So if you could focus on the historic uh, value oh, of the building.
19: Sorry well, to interrupt. I'd, I'd like the historic, uh, the value of it to to be used for the historic people that, uh, and, and their descendants to enjoy. Uh, so uh, it, um, uh, I, I guess I kind of. Um,
0: sorry, to interrupt you. <laughs> yeah, I want look. to stay focused.
19: Well, I, well, let me just say this. Oh, well, um, we need to rethink the whole use uh, of it, of, of it you, of, as a historic place that could benefit the citizens of Alameda for the future. I think we should look long, long term in the future, and not just this immediate thing. Thank, Thank you,
0: you, Ms. Gibson. Next speaker.
3: Uh, We have six left still. Uh, The next speaker will be Zach Bowling.
4: Sorry, I had a double unmute there. (laughs) Uh, Evening. Yeah, um, so I think you have all the data in front of you that shows these buildings are not historically significant. I think there's been a lot of attempts to show how we could stretch and push that they are. Um, but I think there's been a lot of due diligence here and I think it, it, it shows quite clearly that there really isn't any um, historical significance. Um, I, I do find it interesting though, to hear the excuses uh, from some of the other public commenters about um, uh how <laughs> this wasn't about calling for the demolition before when that's quite clearly what they were saying um, before. Um, we've had a lot of public speakers or basically a who's who that were calling uh, for the demolition of these buildings before, but now I've switched to sort of worrying about the historical um, precedence of it. Um, it. It just seems hypocritical, seems funny to me. Um, I wanted to talk about also the that uh, petition that was, <laughs> Uh, circled around. Um, That was something that um, only appeared right before this. It was um, the person that did it had a connection to Carmen Reed. um, And um, that same petition was then circulated on Merchant Marine Facebook groups with misinformation to get people to sign up for that. And then in that same breath was using that to drive a letter writing campaign to this board with that misinformation, not explaining the full back history building up some romantic history that is just plainly false um it, it just like it, the same people over and over we we have the same conversations on every front um with the same crowd of folks that are just bitter about the election and want to fight this over again i it just it's unnecessary and to bring it day to be is just a disgrace um that's
0: all i have to say thank you mr bowling Next speaker.
3: The next speaker will be Ryan Lalonde.
20: Hi there, this is Ryan. Um, I've written a couple letters uh, to you all in regards to uh, this whole process. And I just wanna first apologize. I to the city staff, just there's been so many speakers that have been, um, oh, it's just been horrible to listen to how you've been treated. And and I really feel like you guys as a board are being used as political pawns in some type of weird game. Um, the last meeting uh, I, I watched and attended, the whole point was the report from uh, 1996, to find that, that was kind of the missing piece for you guys to be able to make that decision. Everybody seemed to be like, yeah, that would be really helpful. You have that, you've seen that, you've heard from them, you've heard, um, you've gotten all that data. But what is really frustrating is how the goalposts keep getting moved on this. For every time that we have a meeting, there's some new thing that's been found. that isn't quite substantiated yet. So we need a little bit more time so that we can find the next thing that we can then move the goalposts for and find a little bit more. Um, It is a complete sham that they're trying to delay this till September. They've stated this publicly during city council meetings, thinking that September somehow the GSA will end their contract with APC. Um, Let's realize that this property is owned by the GSA. It's not magically being turned over to our community after this for some type of project that everybody's talking about. It has a point of what they wanted to use it for. We're trying to execute that as a community. We have voted it in. We've talked about it from a city perspective. We just keep moving this goalpost over and over and over because they wanna fight some type of political battle and use you guys' response. And so I just wanna apologize as a community member who sees the work that you guys are doing and what you're asking for and how you're being used and treated by the public uh, so that they don't have to see a respite center for the homeless in their neighborhood. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Next speaker.
3: The next speaker will be Ezra Denny.
0: not hearing anything
3: do you want to try moving to a different speaker and hopefully Ezra can figure out what's going on sure Uh, the next speaker will be Laura Gamble then
12: good evening thank you for the opportunity to speak tonight I'm going to keep this brief for everyone's sake Every single speaker that is demanded that HAB protect these buildings that are of historic value, which is not a thing, has previously advocated for their demolition without a single historic review. And yes, I have receipts for almost all of them. They have shamefully slandered the applicant and city staff in a bad faith attempt to further delay a project that they don't like. It's transparent as anything I've ever seen. They're misrepresenting historical significance in the name of bureaucratic violence towards vulnerable communities. Please don't be complicit. Subject matter experts all concur that the answer is to delist this property. Thank you for your time.
0: Thank you, Ms. Campbell. Uh, The next speaker will
3: be Bronwyn Harris.
21: Hi, I'm Bronwyn Harris, and um, thank you so much for your time and for your service to our city. Um, I know being on a board is a lot of work, so thank you. And I'll start by saying that I am a very near neighbor of the site. I live very, very close. I walk by it twice a day when I walk my dog. Um, Crab Cove is the closest thing to a backyard I have. So I've followed all of this very, very closely. Um, I have read the Alameda Architectural Preservation Society, AAPS, I've read their letter arguing that in the absence of clear criteria, Alameda can ignore generally accepted state and national criteria for designation and make up their own. I think uh, quite frankly and quite bluntly, that is attempting to change the rules of the game because uh, they don't like the players on the other team. Um, AAPS is not objective. Most of the board members participated in and helped fund the campaign to create open space at the site. Um, It's really shocking, honestly, to see the hypocrisy that the same people who wanted to tear down these same buildings to build a park, to stop the wellness center, are, are now trying to preserve the buildings, which have been deemed not to be historical, to try to stop the wellness center. So to see all these people who launched a campaign in 2019 to tear down these buildings... Um, Now arguing that the experts are wrong, I think it's time that we listen to the experts and um, delist the buildings. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Ms. Harris.
3: The next speaker will be Brendan Sullivan.
7: Good evening, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Great, well, thank you all for being here. I, um, and you're all a volunteer board. So if, if that's my understanding and what a that's lot- it. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> what a lot of work you guys have to do and uh, I really appreciate it. And I think it's fantastic that the city of Alameda has such a thing. Um, I can't wait till all this public comment goes back to being in person Uh, it it, it makes things so much more real and people are less emboldened to make personal attacks. I think that what's important here is that this is open for public comment, it's not public slander. So what I'd like to address is that the Bay Area in and of itself is a rich merchant marine area. San Francisco has the Merchant Marine Museum, California Maritime Academy is in Vallejo. It's been there for over 90 years. And Alameda has its merchant marine barracks where it was trained in, in for World War II. Also, I didn't know if you guys knew or not, but in San Francisco was the original training, sound, uh, training ground for the United States Naval, Naval uh, Force. It moved in 1920 to San Diego, California, because it was actually the real estate was getting too expensive here. And that's what's happening now. Um, there is, uh, the merchant Marines, they, you know, they really hold a unique and, and, and an honored history. Um, and this is the last of its kind. And once it's gone, it's gone forever. So, um, taking more time to, to destroy history or to remove history to make sure the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed is, is, is not, is not a bad thing and that's why Alameda has this board. The, um, the honored history of the merchant marines, their sacrifices supported by our troops and the allies in World War II that led us to victory is not something that should be forgotten. We don't need to tear down our history. Those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it and it's such a wonderful part of our history. I hope you have a chance to listen to all the oral histories as I firmly believe this site is worthy of preservation as a visual reminder to honor their efforts and legacy. Alameda's military history is so important as being a native San Franciscan and recently moved here to Alameda three years ago. It's just, it's so important that we should strive to preserve what's left as Richmond has been able to repurpose their world war ii buildings. san francisco has been able to repurpose its its barracks and set back to some of the most expensive property in the city no heat still um and you know once something is, is demolished it's gone forever and i don't know i just love to give this a shot because 50 years from now the buildings won't look so bad so thank you thank you mr Sullivan.
3: And let's try going back to Ezra Denny. Hi,
22: can you hear me this time? Yes, we can. Aha! Yay technology. Great. Um, thank you board for your volunteer work and for uh, sitting here and listening to hyperbolic people talking about uh, what was it the beginning of the end of hope. Um, I really appreciate your service. and. Uh, We've heard a lot of people using grandiose sweeping language and a lot of we, the citizens of Alameda, and of course that aforementioned bon mot that I'm never going to forget, the beginning of the end of hope. This tortured rhetoric is being used, and not just in front of this board, solely to delay and grind progress to a halt. Some of the same born-again preservationists addressing the board tonight posted on social media in 2019 saying, quote, if the parcel work be to be restored through an, quote, urban greening project, it would immediately reduce the, quote, heat island effect caused by asphalt and buildings and produce the opposite, quote, park cool effect, helping the environment, calling for the buildings to be knocked down. So on the one hand, we have Page and Turnbull, an expert report and our city planners who are perforce professionals. On the other, we have a coterie of armchair historians and amateur architects suggesting they know better than the experts. This again is something we are seeing in other boards citywide where the competence of city staff and outside experts are constantly undermined and strategic analysis is ignored in favor of hyperbolic bluster so as long as this isn't really the beginning of the end of hope i am urging the board to end the delay and allow this incredibly needed facility to move forward and serve our community trust the experts our city staff and the voters delist these buildings and let the wellness center move forward. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mr. Denning. Do we have more speakers?
3: Looks like we have two more. Uh, Next speaker would be Margaret Hall.
8: Hi, can you hear me?
0: Yes, we can.
23: Thank you. Thanks for for um, all the, the detailed conversation about this object. I I spoke last um, at the last meeting and I, I've sent a couple of letters and and I'm I'm just a little confused about a couple things, particularly the adaptive reuse and, and kind of the language that was in the the um, the measure that we voted on. And this is two years after that. And and now we're just finding out that indeed it it couldn't be done Um, as a as a general contractor here in Alameda for 32 years. I um, usually figure that out at the beginning of a project, what what I can and can't do before my clients get permits and go through the process. and um, it, it's it's not it's not a difficult proposition. So I'm I'm just um, I was really looking forward to these these buildings being reused, and I, I think there's a lot of merit um, in in historic just just the historic feeling of a building. I've spent my life um, rehabbing. Uh, you know, 100-year-old homes in, in the criteria that we're using now to determine what what is um, uh, legitimate or, or not. I, I mean, I guess everything that I've remodeled could be on the chopping block because it's been altered um, and no longer qualifies as a specimen of, of integrity. Um, instead, I mean, I have... Colleagues that have have taken Victorians that were stuccoed over and and painstakingly ripped the stucco off and and brought the, the original sighting back to its original luster and and I just I I just um, I really argue for for trying to do whatever we can to save these guys before they're gone. I really appreciate Matt Reed's analogy of, of the wall in, in, in China. Where I mean, that whole thing could be gone. I mean, just saving a little portion of it, just to, just the feel of it. I, I, I honestly, I, I think about the, the uh, Hamilton musical and the room where it happened a lot, you know, and it's, it's just a feeling. And, and you guys most people know when you walk into a, a new place versus a, old historical place the feeling you get so thank you guys for for taking this seriously and and um and and doing your your due j- diligence everybody that's the you know planning department and in and turnville and, and uh good luck thank you
0: thank you miss hall there was one
3: more speaker, but it looks like they've lowered their hand. Oh wait, nope, there it is. Uh, Thomas Stapleton.
0: Can you hear me? All right. Yes, we can.
24: Thank you very much. I know you've worked late. It's uh, almost eleven o'clock in Texas where I'm calling from. My name is Captain Tom Stapleton. My wife and I lived in Alameda for thirteen years, and two of our children were born at the Alameda Hospital. I sailed twenty-six years the merchant marine. 16 as master of large container ships. When I lived in beautiful Alameda, i often asked about Neptune Beach Maritime Training Center and was told, oh, those buildings were de- uh, demolished years ago. My father was in the Merchant Marine during World War II and trained at the Maritime Training Center at Sheepshead Bay, New York. Thousands were trained there and sadly it was demolished in the 1950s without honoring the merchant mariners who served and died for our country they didn't have a voice in preserving those hallowed grounds where they were trained and sacrificed to win the great war instead the land developers bulldozed the buildings rather than honoring merchant mariners tonight is an opportunity to write a forgot a forgotten vessel that played a major role in trading merchant officers especially when state and federal maritime academies could not produce enough deck engine and radio officers for the war effort neptune beach filled the breach successfully and afterward, like Sheepshead Bay Training Center, was shuttered and forgotten. You won't find in any public school history class or text the unsung history of the American Merchant Marine. Even the Smithsonian uh, Museums in Washington give paltry recognition to our Merchant Marine. Please do not delist Neptune Beach property. Only you can preserve our maritime heritage in Alameda. Or will go the way of the developers or urban planning committees. We don't need more developers, concrete, steel. We need to protect the sacred grounds and legacy of the maritime service
0: in Alameda. And thank you. Thank you, Mr. Stapleton.
3: And that was the last
0: speaker. Okay. Well, that would close the. We'll close the public comment period and bring it back to the board for discussion. Uh, we've heard a lot of comments from the public and, and I, I'm seeing from emails now that we're still receiving written comments um, to the board. Um, people are pretty passionate about the, this issue and it makes our decision hard or difficult because we have you know good points on Points of view on both sides of the issue. Um, would anybody like to uh, start off the discussion? Is there anybody that's just anxious to start? Jen?
12: Yes, this is a big issue. Um, I, I want to thank everybody for their public comments. I mean, it's it, it, it's it's um, nice to, to see so many people wanting to be involved. Um, I I have a question about the. Um, the exploratory demolition, can can someone reminded remind me what happened with that and what was found? When... Sure.
0: Mr. Biggs, I think that's for you. Sure, I'd be glad to ask
5: that. So we uh, undertook a series of, of exploratory demolitions, including digging up around the existing pilings, uh, exposing some of the wall to look at at the bracing and the, the wall structure to see how strong that was. Exploring around the window frames, because if you know from looking at the building, one of the signature features of that is that long ribbon window, so we wanted to see what was above and below that. Um, and then we brought in a, a, a wood a tester to test the density of the wood um, and see if it, if it was old growth, new growth. And, um, then we brought in the engineers to look at what it would take to do the the helical pilings, which was the solution identified as as the only one that would maintain the integrity of the building and also bring it up to the seismic upgrades. And they determined they would all have to be hand dug underneath the the, the crawl space of the current building, and that's uh, why it was rejected as a feasible solution. Okay. So the
0: helical piers couldn't be put in from the outside.
5: No, if you put them in from the outside and then did the bracing you destroy the 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 significance of the structure anyway
0: no i mean put them outside of the structure and then have uh, foundations connect to the interior structure
5: we don't have the space for that on the front of the building either They, they determined so it had to be underneath and again we took all this information back to hhs and gsa which you know they own the building we have to the property we're working on a transfer of deed of trust uh, which is almost finalized, but we had to get their approval on any changes, and they, 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 they accepted that report.
0: Okay, thank you.
12: So, just, so, just, so, it, I know it, this is going to be a, a random um, point, but um, when it with the different projects, but you know, when it came to like a project like the Del Monte building, um, they did they did the same thing, right? They they looked at the they looked at the 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 demolition the exploratory demolition and and they sort of came up with the same the same thing so how do i'm just i'm just trying to to imagine if the exterior of the building didn't look the same as the the exterior of the building looks now if if they're able to if it it would be able to be rehabbed but um i think i'm getting caught up in this
5: I mean, one thing I would would say that that the Del Monte building was already declared as a historical uh, property, and and this was not. This was just on a study list to be studied to determine whether it's historical. So the expectations are different. Um, We accepted the property under the mandate of the federal government that it would be used for homeless purposes. The Del Monte project doesn't have that constraint, doesn't have that restriction. Um, and in order to comply with the federal government, we have to be able to create a project that does serve the homeless and that is financially feasible to serve the homeless. That's that's the federal mandate. That's what the federal law requires us to do. We can't you know, change our minds and decide we're gonna do it for, for high-end market rate um, living spaces, uh, which you could probably finance Um, but that's not what that project that's not what that property's been designated for
12: but is the remember Uh is the financial the financial reason is that the reason why it's not being rehabbed
5: in order to qualify for the yeah the financial reason is paramount but it also at the same time and is of equal importance we can create a much better property for the clients we're gonna be serving. We, we, can, we can put in amendments, uh, we can do it much more economically, um, you have better, believe me, You know I've been managing government property out at Alameda Point for the last 20 years. And it looks beautiful, but it's in horrible shape and it's really hard to maintain. And it's not suitable for people who have disabilities, is poorly insulated and whatnot. So. There's a very much a difference I think of, of when you take a property knowing that it's historical are gonna uh, restore it as historical and the people that move in know they're getting that type of, of environment. Our mandate is to create an environment for for homeless elders.
12: Okay.
1: Board member with if um, staff may also just add, um, I, think, I think one part of clarification that's very important is This step of the project coming before the historical advisory board was always there from the beginning because the original project had anticipated the demolition of building one. So, if the under even under the adaptive reuse scenario, which was you know as recent as uh, last year, when when that design review project went before the planning board and then subsequently the city council. Under that scenario, the demolition of building one would still have required a certificate of approval by the historical advisory board. What's changed is now that we're finding Doug's found out that uh, it was infeasible to reuse building two. And so I the this, this step of coming before you um, has always been there. And then specifically to board member Witt's question about the Del Monte warehouse uh, difference between that building is it was a warehouse the only thing that was really magnificent about the interior of the building were the trusses and even then that project if you recall came back to you because of um, feasibility reasons and um, you had approved um, allowing the removal of the interior trusses so very similar type of process where you you have a plan that's been approved, and as you go through the motions of designing it for construction, you're really you're realizing some um, real um, physical constraints that require modifications or revisions to the original plan. So something very common.
25: Alvin, would you like to uh, make a comment? Yeah, I just want to make a comment, so um, I, do, I do agree that the original um, site has some historical value there. Uh, and then also, I do, I do um, most of the building, I think for the, they have a lot for memory for the Alameda um, resident. Um, however, you know, based on the expert, we do have a lot of report to read, like sample the federal report, like GSA. G- GSA Like the um, California state office, and we do have like um, uh, the uh, Alameda architecture for the, um, the order report showing that this is not, the building is not the uh, historical value there. So um, uh, this is what my comment is. Uh, I do understand that a lot of memory or a lot of original size, I have a value there, but a lot of important building, like original in 1996 report so showing is a lot of uh, building, like building number uh, three, four, I mean, some building this important building, is already gone. Um, it's not complete uh, site anymore. So it's not the very historical value anymore. This is what I, a personal opinion that's.
0: Uh, just, just to clarify, I think that um, the Alameda Architectural Preservation Society thinks that we, as the board, have a lot more flexibility in determining the value of the site historically, that based on, you know, we shouldn't be basing our decision on national or state criteria. We don't, we don't have to. We can, obviously, but we don't have to base our decision on, the, on those criteria. Uh, just because of the way the ordinance is written.
11: And to that point, um, Chair Saxby, I just wanted to clarify because um, what Mr. Buckley was saying was, you know, we could even, like, it's a possibility to even approve the certificate of approval to demo and still keep the site on the historical studies list. Is that true?
0: I believe it is. Alan, do you want to comment on that?
1: Yes, and this board has done that with, um, I think most recently with Alameda Marina. You've um, decided that uh, the site and its history, what's occurred on the property, um, has commemorative value, um, but you've went ahead and approved the demolition of the buildings on the property. Um, So that's an example of sort of recognizing that, yeah, there is history on the property. Um, You do want to, keep that uh, commemorative value, uh, but that the buildings in of itself um, maybe lack integrity. And so you've allowed the demolition. So that that is one option, correct?
0: If, uh, just a moment, Norman. If I recall the, um, the Alameda Marina project, the, the council actually made a decision on that prior to this board. And so we were sort of handed a decision by the city council. Um, Norman, did you have a comment? Uh, well question. Um, so in the Alam
2: Media Marina instance, did were all buildings uh, scheduled for demolition? I thought that the that there were a number of buildings that were scheduled to be preserved. Is that is that not there's, the case? There's four that, buildings that is correct.
0: There's four buildings that are being preserved.
2: Right? So, there were
0: thirty-three or thirty-four buildings that were part of the historic site. Right, right and this this board recommended preserving seventeen or eighteen of them, and what's ended up with is just a decision to save four
2: got it yeah, no the the reason that that I asked the question, Thomas, is because it seems to me that the um you know to to board member jones's question I, I'm not sure that I see the value in preserving um preserving the site on the list in this particular instance, if the idea is that we would approve the demolition of the buildings, because again, I don't, uh, I guess, in the case of the Alameda marina, I, I take your point. There were a lot of buildings there that, you know, that the board was recommending that not be demolished, that will end up being demolished. But in the end, it's not purely the site, but the site and a few buildings that will remain. Um, so anyway, I, d- I do see that there's a little bit of a difference between the two um, from that standpoint. That it's not the site alone, but it's the site and a small number of buildings. The minority, but still there are some buildings that are part of the part of the site. Is that? I, I that think right?
0: the the Alameda Marina was um, was a much more intact cultural landscape, mm-hmm. is what the term was uh, that the historian used. Um, g- given that many of those buildings were part of the historic site and they were essentially intact. There was some question of integrity because the siding had been replaced on on most of the buildings, not all of them, but most of them. And some of the windows had been altered uh, in the marina. Um, and so there was a, a view by one historian uh, that the, the site had lost integrity, but the, the buildings themselves were actually um, pretty much all from the historic period. Other comments, questions? Um, Since no one's stepping forward. (laughs) uh, You know, what I'm hearing from, when I'm reading from public comments and what I'm hearing from the speakers tonight, um, by, you know, vast majority who spoke to the board uh, appear to value the significance of this site. And the, the buildings that represent the the connection to the maritime uh, marines, uh, merchant marines, excuse me, um, and you know that that gives me a lot of hesitation to for this board to make the decision to demolish these buildings. Um, I think that you know, given that the importance to the community, that certainly elevates this site. Uh, in terms of our local historic register. Um, You know, if if there had been no speakers supporting that, then um, I might have a different opinion, but I certainly um, prefer the option of adaptive reuse of these buildings. I think that's the right approach from a sustainability point of view um, as well. I know, but that's not on the table tonight. That's just personal opinion. Um, And so and it, because it is a, such a controversial issue, um, you know, we need the homeless facility. That the voters of Alameda have voted to support that. Um, but then again, we have this historic site, which apparently isn't appropriate um, for that use. It has to be torn down in order to make it appropriate for that use. Um, so I would come down in favor of uh, not delisting the property and not approving the uh, application to uh, what's the term to uh, to the demolish. certificate of approval certificate of approval. Thank you. And um, that that would uh, ultimately promote this decision to our elected officials on the on the city council, um, and um, you know, maybe they're in a better position to gauge public opinion and uh, understand what is best for the city. But uh, that's sort of where I stand on this issue as uh, we sit here tonight. Chair Saxby, uh,
1: may I make a clarifying point just to maybe help the board come to sure. a decision tonight? Um, I, I, I've heard you mentioned a lot about public opinion. I think public input is important, but really the standard of review on uh, that question of whether the site is historic or not is really based on established criteria and standards. Um, in the beginning of the meeting, I had asked the question that, "Hey, does the pro- do you this this board believe that this site uh, should be listed as a Alameda historical monument?" And we have a definition of historical monument in the preservation ordinance. And I would recommend that this board use that as your criteria to come to a conclusion. Um, Not so much, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 the personal histories and, and, uh, you know, comments from the community members about how their family might be involved in the war. I mean, that's all very respectable, but the standard of review in the Alameda Municipal Code um, for historical monuments, I would say at this time would be that definition of historical monuments. And I could share that on the screen um, for your benefit if that helps you um, make that decision.
0: Well, I I think to that point, the. Page and Turnbull report did say that the site has historic significance. The use of the site has historic significance and that the real issue is that there has been an apparent loss of integrity. And then um, the Alameda Architectural Preservation Society pointed out that we have a lot of flexibility as far as interpreting integrity. Um, We don't have to rely on national or state standards for that uh, analysis, and so that's that was my point. That the site is historically significant, that it may have lost uh, integrity based on certain standards, but not necessarily by local standard. Would anyone else like Norman? Would you like to chime in? Um, sure. Yeah. I guess.
2: Um... I'm going to repeat a bit the, the comment that I had at our last meeting, which is that for me, this is, <clears throat> so because it is an emotionally charged issue, what I've tried to do is to sort of put the blinders on a little bit and and try not to evaluate <clears throat> what we're being asked to do based on you know the value that we place on the service of of the people that trained here in the and the merchant marines and their mission which i i think we all agree we're grateful for um nor do i look at what the proposed mission is um for alameda point collaborative for the use of the site i think for me those two things have to be pushed aside in the considerations and just I, i'm purely trying to evaluate the site and to determine whether I agree with Turnbull's, uh, Turnbull's assessment that, that the site has lost its integrity. And, and so to me, it feels like there's, there's a couple of points that weigh on me. One is <clears throat> the fact that the site is no longer integral. So we're really ev- evaluating a small parcel of what was recently a larger site of what was historically a much larger site. And a lot of the key buildings that were part of the, of the school to begin with um, were sort of cast aside from the very beginning. So it seems to me that the minute, <clears throat> excuse me, the minute that the government decided that the, that the military training center was no longer needed, uh, they began to sort of, uh, you know, they declared it as a surplus property and began to cast pieces of it off. Um, And and so it's unfortunate because I think that, you know, to uh, the administrative building, the auditorium, I think that those were probably the best from an architectural standpoint were probably two of the most exemplary buildings on the site. And those are now gone and no longer part of of the decision that we're making. Um, So I almost feel like the integrity began to slide from you know, f- from the mid 70s and has continued down that path. Um, you know, and then in the in 78, the, the site gets put on the on the historic study list. But after that, it continues, you know, the demolition continues. The amount of buildings that existed there continue to be it, it, to get smaller and smaller. Uh, to the point where I do feel like you know at least for me when I look at this historic images of what was the school and the training center as a campus and its connection to the water and the docks and the you know and and the types of training that were occurring there um, I really feel like the seamanship building is probably one of the only things that at least in my personal opinion harkens back to the mission that was that this site was intended for Um, so in my opinion, I don't think we can argue that some of the integrity and the overall uh, size of the of the uh, training center has been diminished over time. And now, it's sort of a difficult decision as to whether what remains is sufficient to to continue on the historic study list. Um, and and it is a difficult decision for me. I guess I I, I don't necessarily feel that. The few buildings that remain are significant and that they're exemplary of what was there as a whole Um, i definitely feel that both the crab cove um, visitor center as well as the seamanship building are two buildings that we should absolutely have on the list and we should do everything that we can to make sure that they're not lost but uh, i'm not as um I'm not as adamant I guess about the fact that building one and building two certainly the auxiliary structures I don't feel are significantly contributing to the overall site and uh, building ones and uh, building one and building two feel like they've been significantly degraded from their original condition um, so anyway so that's from from my standpoint I guess I'm leaning a little bit more towards agreeing with delisting but I'm not I'm not fully convinced. Um it's a it's a tough decision for sure.
0: Lynn, do you want to make some comments?
11: Um just for the sake of time, I I basically agree with Norman. I mean, I'm kind of on the same spot. Um it's it's not a, a black and white thing, but um I I feel that um you know what's tough is that, uh, yes, we do have some flexibility about integrity. And it's a very subjective thing. Um, I, I appreciated one of the comments made by this one of the speakers tonight, it was um, um, Mr. Reed. And he was the one that kind of mentioned, um, uh, sorry, if I don't remember the exact landmarks, but the, you know, Part of the wall in China and like the different, you know, Roman um, structures that are just like a meter wide. um, I get it. Um, I do feel that going and taking walks um, at Crab Cove um, in the parcels that are not up for discussion now, but just towards the um, the boathouse and everything, you do get a sense of scale. You do get a sense of um, the like sight lines and where things could have been. Um, I think that uh, it's important to have, um, I think we all agree also the historical significance. And so I think that um, we really need to make sure and advise some mitigating factors um, of of, uh, making sure we preserve as much information as possible. Um, to really properly honor um, the folks that we're talking about here, um, he would. Uh, Mr. Reed also talked about the, on the site. There was like a, uh, I wrote it down somewhere, but just that the monument itself just talks about men. On this site, many men have you know done these activities it doesn't mention specifically the merchant marines and I don't know if this is like part of our purview but I think um, if it's something that our community really cares about I think we need to do more to highlight that Um, I think that uh, I do get a sense though of even though so much of the building has been torn down what's remaining are those like ribbon windows and the scale, but I also feel like I'm talking about buildings uh, one and two, but I do feel that um, they have been manipulated and changed so much over time. And I'm questioning whether it actually does honor or recall um, the significant historical activities that went along there as, um, it's been mentioned many times um, by uh, Ms. Kazakovich and and Norman just mentioned it too, you know, the the most significant uh, architecturally um, prominent structures are all gone. And so um, I think for me, that's why I'm leaning towards um, approving the certificate of approval for demolition. But I think I wouldn't be opposed to keep the buildings on the study list only because I would, I would hope that people would, and I don't, I don't know if this is correct, but if it's still on the study list, then what we're saying is that we, we want to promote more study and more, um, research into this, into these areas. So if it doesn't, if there's something that I'm missing, feel free to correct me, but I don't, I don't see the harm in it staying on the study list. Um, Does anyone wanna comment on that? So for all intents and purposes, I think that uh, I would be okay after um, the research done up till now. I think that the page, page and Turnbull research and the facts of how it's been manipulated over time is convincing enough for me to feel that um, the buildings have lost their integrity, um, that it would properly um, highlight to anybody who would be around this area to know the significance. Um, And But but I think that we need to do more to highlight its significance because it's such a big part of Alameda. Um, that's what I have to say about that. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Thank you. So we've had comments. Okay, Norman, do you have more? Um,
2: sorry, I just wanted to clarify Lynn's point. So Lynn is, can I just uh, ask is, is what you're proposing would be not to delist the property, but to approve the certificate of approval. Is that, was that your question?
11: Yeah, only because um, I just I love that there's all this research being done. You know, the the part of the studies list, I feel like there's actually it's a very long list. And I think Alan mentioned this last meeting, but actually, there would be a lot of um, houses and different buildings on that list that would have been off the list. As of now, it's just that no one's really put in the effort to put in that study, right? Like it, it only comes up when there's uh, some huge change or some huge motivation. Um, the, the list was formed because um, some, um, some people with authority or, or interest or um, some education in this um, background just went around Alameda and just put a list together saying these look pretty significant, we should study them more. Um, But obviously it takes a lot of time and effort, volunteering some motivation to actually dig deep and study it enough to make a decision one way or the other. Um, I think that there's no harm in keeping, you know, this property on the study list, even if it was demolished, because I think it reflects the importance of this area, um, and I don't know the technicalities because this the boathouse is still there, but I, I, I don't think anyone can argue that this, this site is historically significant or not. We all agree with that, but mm-hmm. it's the question of like the integrity of what's left and whether that actually reflects properly um, in a way that uh, people can make that connection with its history. Um, and so that's my Got it. thinking.
2: Okay, thanks. Yeah, I, I understood your point. Thank you.
0: Jen, did you have any other comments?
12: No, I mean, I, I think it's, it's, well, it's really tough to make this decision. Because I think we all care about the historical character of, of of this island and 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 you know things are rapidly changing in the Bay Area and there's such a need for respite housing and 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 you know the land is sitting vacant, but you know the the historical structure was you know, half of it was, was torn down not that not that long ago. And so it's 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 hard to make the ter- determination. Whether, um, whether the other half should be delisted and torn down as well.
0: One, one point that I'd like to make about that is, you know, the, the preservation movement in the United States really didn't come into being until the 1960s and early 70s. There was very little awareness of the importance of historic preservation. So this, this property happened to fall right in that period of time when people were making decisions about what to keep, uh, we're, not, we're not thinking too much about the historical record. Alvin, did you have um, any any further comments?
25: Yeah, I do agree. Uh, Lynn mentioned about that. And um, um, yeah, the site definitely have a historical value there, but um, I personally feel it's like, um, like building two, right? Is original have a six wing, and now the other three is already um, removed uh, on, so um, it's not like um, it's not like the um, it's complete one. So um, so yeah, I I do agree Lin mentioned about that one. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that um, you know it's important for us tonight to make a decision. Um, we cannot table this issue any further. If we're uncertain about what to do, I think we need to kick it up to the city council. If we are certain about what to do, we need to make a decision. Um, So if there are no further comments, then I think we should, uh, I I guess we're gonna do a roll call vote uh, on the two possible uh, draft resolutions that we have before us. Um, The first one being the des- delisting of the northern half of the parcel at 620 Central Avenue, which includes uh, buildings one, the, the four parts of building two, and the four outbuildings that are to the west of building two, uh, eight, nine, ten, four, I think. Uh, Alan, do you have a comment?
1: Yes, so uh, just in remind you, Chair Saxby, we, we will need a motion in a second, um, and there are two actions in front of you, um, just as you had described, Chair Saxby, uh, one is for the delisting of the 3.65 acre portion of the site from the study list, um, and to uh, Board Member Jones's point earlier um, about there is an option to keep it on the list if you wish to, and also approve the certificate of demolition. That has been done and there are precedents of that being done in the past. Um, and then the second action before the board is the, uh, Mr. Biggs's application for a certificate of approval for buildings one, two, and the four accessory buildings.
0: Yeah, we we can't vote on all those at once. So we have to sort of take them one at a time. I
1: Yes, two separate votes.
0: <laughs> two separate and Two votes. motions, two separate votes. That's, that's what I was trying to say. Um, so, um, the first, first resolution will be, uh, whether or not to delist the northern part of this site. Um, and do I have a s- second on that, uh, uh, motion or do we... uh, I'll, I'll is that second. a motion
1: from chair Saxby? I'm just, I'm taking notes. Um,
0: well, I sure, I can make a motion or somebody else can make a motion, but I think that's the question at hand right now. I make a motion that we vote on uh, whether or not to delist the uh, northern half of the property at 620 Central Avenue, including buildings one, two, and the four accessory buildings uh, from the Alameda Historic Study List.
2: Uh, uh, so I'll, I'll second the motion. I, I should share
1: clarification. So sure. your motion has to be specific either to support the delist the, the listing or uh deny the delisting. You would have to choose one or the other. So okay. when you're voting uh, I would sure. be the, yeah, you get that.
0: Mm-hmm. I get that. Thank you for So 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 I, get, I will Motion here. would
1: be to delist um right. Motion would be to, the, because the resolution is for delisting. So if you're voting on the resolution, it
0: would be right. a motion to delist. Yeah, I, that's what I, yeah. that's what I was implying. Um, so do I have a second for that motion, which has been clarified?
2: Yes, I'll second the motion.
0: Okay. So, so do,
1: staff will do a roll call vote. Uh, Chair Saxby. Uh, no. Uh, Vice Denial. Chair Sanchez? Uh, yes. Board member Witt? No. Board member Lau? Oh, you're muted. Yes. Yes. Okay. And then board member Jones. No. No. Okay. So that motion fails. So uh, the, the listing has been denied. And then you're, uh, we will need a motion for this, the second
0: action. OK, well, I'd like someone else to make that motion in a much more uh, efficient way. So who would like so to this step is, up? This is regarding uh,
1: the approval of the Certificate of Approval to allow the demolitions of buildings 1, 2, and the accessory buildings.
11: Someone
0: okay,
11: can make I'll take a stab at it. Um, I'll make a motion to approve the Certificate of Approval um, for the applicant to demo um, on six thirty Central Ave, buildings 620. one, six twenty, sorry, six twenty Central Ave, uh, buildings one, two, and the accessory buildings mentioned.
0: Do I have a second?
12: I second.
1: Okay, a roll call vote. Uh, Chair Saxby. No. Vice Chair Sanchez? Yes. Board Member Witt? Board Member Witt?
12: Yes. Okay.
1: Uh, Board Member Lau? Yes. And Board Member Jones? Yes. Yes, so that motion passes. So the conclusion of tonight's meeting is that the, the listing is denied. Uh, but the certificate of approval for demolition has been approved, so the property stays um, on the historic building study list. Um, And just for everyone's uh, information, the board's action is appealable to the city council, or the city council may also call this decision for review within the next 10 days.
5: Thank you all very much. I know this was a difficult decision, but I really uh, appreciate the thoughtfulness you, you went out on this one.
0: So with that behind us, we will move forward with our agenda. Uh, The next item is board communications. Do we have any communications? I'm not seeing anybody raise their hand, so um, no communications. Um, Next item on the agenda, staff communications.
1: I just want to touch base really quickly on the effort on the historic preservation ordinance um you can probably imagine that um staff's time was really uh focusing on this project uh on the mckay project this time so w- We haven't actually been able to make much progress, Um, hoping over the next couple of months to be able to refocus a little bit, depending on the outcome of this McKay effort. As you can see, it it really is taking a lot of time. Um, But previously I did um, send you information about uh, just reading material about the Mills Act. So that's something that um, I would encourage you to consider um, uh, reading. And if you have any questions, reach out to me, thank you.
0: Okay. Next item is oral communications. Another opportunity for speakers to talk to the board about items not on the agenda. Do we have any speakers?
3: Currently there is no one raising their hand. uh, one, uh, Jay Garfinkel.
0: Okay. About something that's not on this agenda? That I'm not sure of.
3: Well,
14: it's on the agenda. I don't understand how you keep it on the list, but allow it to be
0: destroyed. Can you just clarify that, of course? No, I think we've voted on that. I know you did, but it it doesn't. Okay. so I think Mr. Garfunkel went away. I don't see him anymore. Sorry, that was me. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here he is, Garfinkel.
14: Yeah, I just I'm not criticizing the vote. I don't understand what it means to keep it on the list but allow it to be destroyed. So now I I just don't understand where you're going with this. I'm just asking clarification. I'm not criticizing what you voted on. The two
0: things seem inconsistent. Uh,
14: anyway, that's all.
0: Well, I, th- I think that you know some of the board members did comment on the the possibility of further study. Um, but I, I think it's it's a non-issue at this point. Um, so, any other speakers? Uh, it appears that no one else is raising their hand right now. Okay, so with that, we have reached the end of our meeting and um, appreciate everybody's very thoughtful comments and patience and time deliberating this, this important issue. Um, it was a challenge and uh, good job everybody. So with that, I will adjourn our meeting and hopefully see you in a, in a month. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Bye. Thanks, Tom.